0: Coming up this week on Sporting Journal Radio.
1: I haven't seen bird numbers this good in a long time. all am right now. There's a lot of walleyes, a lot of nice walleyes. I mean, that's, I can't tell you how many pictures I've seen with the international bridge in the background.
2: I did want to tell you, uh, Mr. Underbite, we've gotten him about, well, it's six times now this year. So <laughs> three times that week, you guys were up. <laughs>
0: for the Pre-Sportsman Studios. Presented by OnX. Know where you stand with OnX. <laughs> We're not just a radio show anymore. Heck yeah. This is Sporting Journal Radio you could argue that october's a pretty good month out of the year but i think i like november better it is uh it's all happening now deer hunting is uh, going strong the rut is going on Uh, if you can climb into a tree with a stick and a string or you can go out there and start chasing around with a gun if you want a pheasant hunt that's going well to me the waterfowl migration is just starting to heat up at least where i'm at and uh, fishing is good you can chase grouse around we're going to talk grouse hunting grouse numbers upland hunting hunting deer hunting actually going to talk all sorts of stuff with ben Bredigan from OnX. we're also going to find out how you can get 30 percent off all meat products for the next two weeks wow yeah that's a pretty good deal we'll find out with ben how that works coming up in just a little bit uh, we're going to show you how you can get that discount and not trespass at the same time how whoa yeah exactly also uh we'll find out how to catch muskies in the fall with randon olson in fact randon's going to check in in the boat with clients right now right after catching a 48 inch muskie we'll talk to randon and find out how he's doing it and see if we can't get interrupted by another muskie on the podcast uh coming up here in a little bit and joe henry will give us an update from uh, the rainy river and start talking about early ice at lake of the woods here uh coming up later in the show dan who are this week's sponsors
3: Habel Heights Campground Resort on Devil's Lake. Book a trip to Devil's Lake at HabelHeights.com. Ottertail Lakes Country. Find your inner otter at OttertailLakesCountry.com. Lake of the Woods is the walleye capital. Plan a trip for this fall or winter at LakeoftheWoodsMN.com. On X, know where you stand with On X, and Prairie Sports and watch episodes anytime at the Prairie Sports on YouTube channel or check your TV guide for air times. Looking for winter adventure?
0: Might as well pick a place with over 1,000 lakes.
3: Ottertail County, Minnesota is in the middle of everywhere, offers a simpler pace, and has something for everyone. Find your inner otter at OttertailLakesCountry.com.
0: Well, it's absolutely hands down the best time of the year. I love November. Uh, October has been a favorite month but I think I like November a little bit more as long as as long as things don't freeze up right away and we can extend our waterfall season quite a ways into November and as I get older Dan I'm learning that to enjoy fall the most to get the most out of my hunting seasons you have to have the right tools for the job and I'll tell you what one tool that's been uh, been just handy in every situation has been uh, the OnX Hunt app and to talk more about Onyx and talk about bird hunting and other other stuff revolving around the outdoors. Ben Bredigan from Onyx joins us right now. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing great. Life so is good. It Busy, was, ready to go. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I wanted to tell you one quick story because Dan, Dan brought this point up many, many times. And, you know, I've got some spy point cameras up around the property. Twice now I've caught trespassers back there. And, you know, I give those guys the benefit of the doubt. Like, hey, sometimes lines are hard to see you know, I'll I'll, I'll give them a chance to explain themselves. If they flat out say, yep, I knew I was trespassing, then it's a different story. And one of them did talk to law enforcement uh, because they crossed multiple properties to get to mine. So uh, they ended up having a little chat. They didn't get a ticket or anything and they apologized and and up and down. But Dan, as you said, all you have to do is get the OnX app and you'll know exactly where you are nowadays. There's no excuse to trespass anymore, Ben. No, no reason at all. I mean,
4: yeah, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, in the past, it's like, yeah, kind of lines are a little bit soft. But nowadays for, you know, for 30 bucks or, you know, use a discount code, it's 20 some bucks. Like and you, you know what's private, what's public. And there's there's just no excuse for it anymore.
0: I mean, that's. You know, I use it a lot to find public land to hunt or to track down landowners, but I don't know how many times I've walked on public pieces, big tracks of public land where I'm, I'm back in the middle of nowhere and I can't see, you know, it looks like there hasn't been another soul in this part of the world for centuries. You know, I'm back in the middle of nowhere and, I, and I'm, I'm, I still am. Public land. I'll pull up my phone and check the app just to make sure I'm there. So it's just such a handy tool. It's it's a peace of mind tool, really, when you're out there, uh, you know, stomping around on the ground chasing birds or whatever you're doing, especially on big pieces, uh, just to make sure you're not on the wrong, the wrong property. So it, it's handy. And I and I tell you, you got that uh, some of those elite deals right now. One that caught my attention going on right now is 30 percent off products at Meat. They got a new grinder that do- that does a double grind. Did you did you see that one Ben? Yeah, I did. And Pretty and it's 30% it's 30% off the entire everything, right?
4: Yeah, exactly. So it's their their you're as an elite member for Ramonix, you get early access to their Black Friday sales. So you know some of those things are going to be hot ticket items. So might as well get them while they still have them in stock. So I've been using a bunch of stuff from from Meat this year. Um, if you haven't tried their commercial vaculear sealer they came up with a oilless version it's way lighter than you know a traditional vac sealer a little bit more portable i carried that thing up to lake of the woods with me for you know fishing trips and i use that thing all the time um they've got a ton of great stuff on there so um go check that out if you go go to onyxmaps.com. go check out the elite membership area a bunch of great deals so
0: yeah they, they make good products and 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 they're not cheap but they're not they're not gonna break down. Like I bought a, a vac sealer from a, a competitor about a year ago. It lasted me one month and <laughs> and I you know I, I'm an idiot I threw out the receipt so I couldn't even bring it back so I was stuck with it and I literally went on the meat website that day and bought their vac sealer spent some money on it and uh, and it's been great And I've been looking for a grinder. And thirty percent. So my my point is, is you're spending a little bit of money. Thirty percent is a good chunk of change off Damn. one of those. So that's a heck of a deal right there. And uh and, and I got one of these, Ben. I just this just came in the mail. I haven't had a chance to use it yet. Ooh, I but hear I, it.
2: Back
4: here. I think I already know what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. See if I can hold it up. Oh
4: yeah, the final rise. Yeah. You'll figure it out
0: one of these days.
3: <laughs> this go. is great radio. <laughs>
0: Hell
3: yeah, Guys listening on the radio think they're hit a dead zone.
0: Yeah. Well watch the podcast on YouTube. Uh, you actually, I, I hit you up before I bought this. I said, Ben, tell me about this vest that you can get. Uh, Cause I got it through on X to the elite membership deal. Uh, and you're like, it's the best one I've ever used.
4: Mm-hmm. I've used a bunch of different vests for upland hunting and, And, you know, they all have their their pluses and minuses, but the Final Rise so far has been uh, just been fantastic. Uh, Made in the U.S. here. And there's, you know, there's little nitpicky things when you end up hunting birds as much as I do that uh, it's like, man, this would be nice. This would be nice. So um, a lot of those things I I talked to Matt, the owner over at Final Rise, and he's like, yep, you know, made some little changes. And and, uh, it's a fantastic system.
0: Well, also deals from Upland Gun Company on there. I've seen you post about them quite a bit. Uh, I'm looking into getting some new boots. I saw 20% off lacrosse boots on there, 10% off Vortex. Uh, So a lot of deals, and that's just a handful of them that you can get the elite member benefits uh, through Onyx. So so check it out. Uh, And I got one question. A buddy of mine asked me about this from Onyx. And uh, so I was digging into it to a a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to have Ben on. I'm just going to ask him anyway. He's hunting... uh, some property from Atlanta. He got permission to hunt a lot of acreage and the landowner said, yep, anything of ours, just go ahead, feel free, hunt it. I mean it's thousands of acres. So he's like, gosh, can I, can I f- find a landowner and then somehow highlight all their all their property, like all their tracks? And I know you can kind of go in and, and you know do some different things. Is there any way where you could where you could take a landowner and somehow just kind of highlight all the property that they own?
4: Yeah, let me, I can pull up my old handy dandy Onyx here on the computer.
0: I knew you'd have the answer. <laughs> Thought this would be a good one. So that way he, he can go from property to property and he can just pull up his Onyx app and he can he can find out where, yep, I can go there. That'll work. I can go there. And I know there's different ways of uh, of doing some things, but I figured there'd be a handy way to do it. On X as well.
4: Yeah, like it's uh, it's something that's super easy. So like let's for let's say for example, uh, let me share my screen with you guys so you can see it. So I'm on the web map here, and let's just say you know I can hunt a number of these different properties. So all you have to do is is click and hit Add to Folder. I could say, hey, this is I'm going to create a new folder. This is you know Billy's land that I can hunt. So I save it and it's going to highlight. Uh, that property. Let's say I can also, you know, this is part of that. I can go click add to folder. Yep. This is Billy's stuff. I can also hunt, you know, this over here. Same thing. You just keep adding it to the folder. So what it does is it'll highlight all this land uh, that you can, you know, that you have permission to hunt. So that's, that's a, you know, really easy also, you can do, you can share content via this. So if, you know, you're hunting with a buddy and you've got a bunch of waypoints, um, I can share that, all those markups with that person as well. So you can go ahead and hit share and I could copy and paste that and email it or text it or whatever. So um, that's a super easy way just to to add land and, and have it all highlighted so you know what you can and what you can't hunt.
0: Sure. And actually, that's kind of nicer then you know, say you could actually group landowners into that folder, or you could say, yeah, I can hunt this forty here. I can hunt this eighty here. Uh, this is a good chunk of public. Maybe you're maybe you're going on a trip, and you can yep. say, this is our this is our November trip to North Dakota. Hey, hey Ben, we'll meet in North Dakota. These are the properties we're going to hunt. We can hunt, you know, the Johnsons and the Smiths, and oh, this is a really good public piece. You could put them all those into a folder, and then I could share that with you.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, even you know, George Lyle, he was out western north dakota and he an area that i had driven through and and said you know okay i found a number of spots that looked good and i said i just added them all to a folder really quick and shared them with george and then he was able to go out and 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 hunt them so uh just just streamline the process instead of you know texting individual waypoints which you know you end up with a string of like 50 yeah. text messages so there's a, a much simplified version of that
0: that's very cool. Old George. So did you, did you do some hunting in North Dakota this year? I did. I just,
4: uh, just got back uh, not too long ago from North Dakota. did a little combo waterfall and uh, pheasant hunt. So,
0: Man, I miss hanging birds next to those plot signs. I haven't hunted over there in a number of years now. Uh, may may try to get over for waterfowl yet this year. But how is it for conditions? You know, it's so dry here in Minnesota. How is it in North Dakota, and how are bird numbers?
4: You know, it's it's definitely dry out there. Um, it was a lot of slews that I haven't seen dry in a long time were dry, um, but at the same you know at the same breath. Um, this time of year, I actually don't mind it because it kind of concentrate concentrates birds. Early in the season, when you're looking for you know little little areas uh, to maybe you know hunt a little slough or pothole or something like that, it, you know it's definitely tougher. But this time of year, it congregates the birds, um, allows you to you know run some unique spreads on water if you want, where you, you know you can put full body decoys along the shoreline, that kind of thing. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, definitely dry. In terms of the bird numbers, I mean, you know, we had that cold snap about a week ago. Out there, um, there was a bunch of snow in Saskatchewan and Manitoba, and that, you know, we were expecting to see some, a bigger push of birds, but it, it really didn't come to fruition. It must not not have got as cold up there as as thought. So um, there's still a lot of birds north. I've heard people been shooting them in Canada still. So. You know, the next week or two—that's kind of when things I think are going to really kind of pop off over
0: there. Yeah, that cold front that's coming next week—I think that is going to push a lot of birds. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a good week for everybody. A good week for people deer hunting, uh, waterfowl. Hopefully, we'll get that push. I, that's usually when I expect it—is that first first week or two in November. I feel like historically, that's kind of the best migration for my part of the world. Anyway, that's when uh, a good push of birds start coming through, and we could use it. We don't have a ton of them, and I don't know if it's because it's so dry. We're just again the birds are concentrated on the big water, which is fine, but uh, it gets pounded by hunters. So you got to get to the ramps early if you're going to hunt out of a boat, or you know, a lot of times you got you got to get on the water and get on a get in a boat to find some of those birds. So uh, we could use a little bit of water. And Ben, though, when you are on the body of water and there aren't any other ponds or lakes around everything else is dry birds do want to get in there they're congregated and they want to get in there so bad that they fly while people are standing in the decoys like wade (laughs) shoemaker
4: yeah that was funny yeah that was a little slew we were hunting right off of kind of a big chunk of water there and uh yeah they wanted in that spot bad the funny thing is you know i normally would never complain about this ever and it sounds stupid but I think this is one of the few ducks that wasn't a pintail that came in. <laughs> <laughs> your, your one pintail, and then we had probably another 150, 200 that were landing in the decoys, and we had shot our six at that point. So we were just—it was just kind of a, you know, sightseeing expedition. You get already, and it's like, oh, those are just pintails. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I sat and stopped and said, like, huh? Like, I don't think I've ever said that before.
0: <laughs> yeah, Well, I, you know, and I think a lot of people have said that this year from from what Dan and I have both have heard is that there's been a lot of pintails. And a lot of guys, even in Minnesota, have shot a lot of pintails this year. And I don't know if numbers are, are actually up or if it's just something weird with the my migration or not. But I feel like people are seeing a lot of pintails this year.
4: Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of, for some reason, a lot of specs and a lot of pintails. I've seen more specs than I have in years up here so but it's, it's kind of fun. I enjoy it. You know, it's, I remember when I was a kid, it was that elusive pintail or even younger. It was like, Oh man, there's a pintail. Like, whoa, well, I hope to get my one this year, much less like one per day. So it's fun. It's, you know, anytime that ducks are doing it right, I don't really care if I'm shooting at them or not.
0: <laughs> That's right. I know it's fun. And I honestly, the, I've hunted a few times this year. I probably hunted more with a camera than I have with a shotgun this year. And I'm just, uh, I mean, as much as I like shooting them, I like eating them. Even pheasant hunting, I've carried the camera a lot too. Because I'm just like, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with getting the shot, either video or, or still now. I'm kind of obsessed with it. And uh, so half the time I'm like, ah, you shoot, I'm just going to, I'll just film, you know, or I'll take pictures this time around. And then if I get a couple of shots or if it's really low light and I'm not, you know, getting good footage, then I'll pick up the shotgun and and do some shooting at that point. But I'm a, I'm a, I got this new cannon and I'm obsessed with it, Ben.
4: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel you there. It's, it's for me, it's until, especially when I'm pheasant hunting or, you know, bird hunting of some sort, and then people start missing over my dogs. <laughs> That shotgun shot comes out really quick.
0: <laughs> it's funny you say that because I've been I've been trying to get some certain shots, and I and and I am working on some projects that I need some footage and some some stills for. So there's been a couple of shots I've been trying to get, and that's you know getting some duck kills on camera. And I'll focus, I'll you know, like a flock of birds will come in, and I'll focus on you know the best one, and I'll just follow it, follow it, follow it, and then you know guys will shoot the birds on either side of it. Or, or they'll miss, I don't know how many misses I on singles. I'll follow the single in it, but like, Oh, I'll have it in frame. It'll be, you know, it's, it'll perfect slow-mo, you know, this and that. It's just doing it just right. It's flipping upside down. And then just like eight shots go off and the bird flies away. You just see wads go whipping past the camera, you know, but, uh, that's, that's just the way she goes. It's a lot of fun. Um, uh, do you have, do you have some other trips coming up planned or what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh,
4: I'm at a little little lull here we're gonna go the opener going on right now so be out there and then after that uh, I'm gonna try to get in uh, last-minute grouse hunt here and I'm actually gonna hop across the border you know I kind of like to give Minnesota like the deer hunters there you know give them the woods during the first two weeks in November and so I'm gonna hop over the border into Wisconsin and actually go chase them over there um, probably some of the best grouse numbers I've seen in, in years right now. Really? And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when, cause we are right now, technically we should be on the first year of the down cycle, but we must've had, you know, the spring was traditionally not great. It was a cold, wet spring. So theoretically the numbers should have been down, but kind of what the thought is, is those birds maybe just delayed. Uh, Catch, you know, yeah. play a little bit and and then we must have had the right conditions because I have I haven't seen bird numbers this good in a long time so mm-hmm. and I don't know if we you know if we might not see the same thing for for 10 years nine years and who knows what it's going to look like then you know a decade is a long time so um, I'm treating it like hey this is the last these are the best bird numbers I'll ever see whether that's true or not, I'm treating it like that.
0: So <laughs> that's, that's your excuse anyway that you tell your wife, right? Hey, I gotta go. Could be the best, could be the best of my life, honey. Gotta that's, go. That's a good thing for any hunt, right? Like, <laughs> hey, I, today. I got a feeling. <laughs> you know, and I've heard a lot of people say that grouse numbers are pretty good this year. And when I was in Saskatchewan, I saw a few up there. And then, um, Uh, one hunter has told me numbers were down in his area. Otherwise I've heard pretty positive things. And actually Dan and I went on a little adventure with Corey Loeffler a couple of weeks ago. Oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) We went walking through the woods and ultimately we were going to duck hunt. uh, But we had to trudge through some really thick brush in, in uh, Northern Minnesota and we ended up putting up more. We, well, we never made it to the water. We'll just say that right now. We never made it there. Uh, but we were a little limited on time and it was a little harder getting through the woods than we thought it would be. But we ended up putting up, putting up a bunch of grouse. Now we didn't really see them, uh, you know, which is typical. And we put up a bunch of woodcock actually, and my brain was not on woodcock mode yet. And I flushed one in front of me and I just kind of, I, you know, and this happened to me actually Ben, the other day. uh, I was hunting with my brother and another guy In western Minnesota, we were in the prairie, and we were actually hunting a a waterfowl production area, pheasant hunting, and we were going around a willow thicket. My brother was on the far side, and we were putting up some pheasants and whatever, and all of a sudden, I I hear my brother yell, and by the time my brain comprehended what word he yelled at me, this woodcock was at eye level about six feet away from me, coming right at me, and the same thing, it was like in slow motion, like I, I was... I was you just like once a year, I see woodcock here in the prairie in Western Minnesota. <laughs> and this was the apparently the one time. So I had a my brain had to switch gears. And by the time I've, I had figured out that that's, yeah, something I want to shoot. He was getting out there and I took a long shot at him and missed. But I watched him. He flew about 100 yards and then dropped into a, a small cattail slough. So turned around, headed back, went straight after him put him up on the edge of the slough, shot once, missed, shot again. And he kind of fluttered, flew a few feet and then landed awkwardly. And I was like, okay, I, I, I think I hit this bird. I think yeah. so. And so I had tiny and then this other guy, my buddy was with, and we headed deep into the middle of that slough and put up a couple of pheasants out of there. And then all of a sudden I could hear like a wing flap or two and my dog was right on it. And I walked up and there, buried as deep as it could go was that woodcock. And mm. so I shot a, shot a woodcock in the prairie other than we filmed an episode of Prairie Sportsman around Brainerd a couple of years ago with uh, Matt Soberg and Hank Shaw and shot a couple of woodcock there. But that other than those woodcock, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I shot one. And to shoot one out here like that I think is is pretty unique. And they don't they don't have a lot of sense. So I was actually kind of impressed that Tiny found that bird, but I'm guessing it just had an, a little bit of movement. She probably heard it, I suppose. Yeah. Uh but found it buried in those in those cattails. But uh the old the old elusive prairie timberdoodle. <laughs> I wouldn't
4: if I had to make a living on hunting doodles on the prairie, I would be poor.
0: <laughs> I, I chased one a couple of years ago out here. I, I was out hunting pheasant hunting by myself and I've put one up out of this willow thicket again and it flew again, not far to another willow thicket. I bet I went back and forth chasing that thing for about three hours. It just kept flying back and forth and I kept missing. I never did get that one, but uh, it's kind of, it's almost like a trophy bird when you see them out here, you know?
4: Oh yeah, for sure. They're fun critters, man. Like they're just so interesting. Um, they're they look goofy as heck, but I, I mean it's it's they're they're a blast to hunt. They're great for dog work. So you know it, it's a great it's a nice bonus when you're out grouse hunting. Or when you're out present hunting on the prairie. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. Yeah. Well, I, and and it was the easiest bird I've plucked all season. I plucked the whole thing because I, I could hear Hank Shaw. Because I asked Hank Shaw when we shot those Woodcock and Brainerd, I asked him, you know, how should I cook these? He goes, well, pluck them first of all. The first thing you got to do is pluck them. And his, his voice is in the back of my head after I shot this one the other day. He's like, you better pluck that. Or I'm, Ooh. you know, I'm like Hank's going to find out if I don't pluck this one. So... Easiest bird I've plucked and, uh, and looking forward to enjoying that one. But seeing and kind of seeing, hearing those grouse flush through the woods kind of reignited a little bit of a, a desire to go chase those birds around, Ben. I, I'd assume most of the leaves are down up there now. Hunting is getting a little bit easier for him.
4: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, all the leaves should be down now. Um, woodcock, I would say, you know, you might catch a straggler or two hanging around, but it's pretty much just going to be... Uh, girl's hanging around now. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's prime time. Like I say, I like to give deer hunters a little, a little time. So you're not interrupting their hunts, but, uh, you know, after, after even like, even in the third week of the season up north, you start venturing around. And also, I don't want my dogs to get shot or, you know, yeah. have any confrontations, but, um, you know, you can hop over to Wisconsin Their you know, their deer season doesn't open till the third weekend in November. So, um, you can go hunt over there, but, if, if you're wanting to do a little grouse hunting, man, this is the this is the season to do
0: it. It's so hard to decide what what to do because this time, especially this time of year, it's so good. like the rut. I know you got some rut reports coming out from OnX. And so I'm probably going to sit in the tree a little bit. Uh, waterfowl is going to get going right now. It's a tough time to decide what to do, Ben.
4: It is. It is. I've, you know, I kind of have it. I think I've got it down to a science, at least a science for me now. October is solely reserved for grouse hunting. I, I, bro, I broke it the last two years, but and, I only- And it sounds
0: like hunting. this year too. Yeah, yeah. I it. <laughs> yeah dang it.
4: Uh, I'll try to make a trip out to, to North Dakota as well, but I try not to hunt pheasants until November because heck, we have November, December, January to hunt pheasants and, and uh, really October to chase after grouse. You know, I'll give a, a week two-week gap early november for deer hunting and then it's back to to roosters and and start traveling and hunting quail and all the sort other species so but october is for gross
0: you need to and put yeah you need to put together a master class on scheduling your hunting species like yeah. <laughs> planning out your fall a little bit yeah. uh, you did a bunch of master classes with on x can people go back and watch those now yeah, for sure. So if you go to our YouTube
4: ch- our channel, uh, Onyx Hunt on YouTube, uh, put on a number of good master classes. Uh, we did scouting and hunting for rough grouse and woodcock, uh, pheasants, quail, uh, ducks, and geese. So, you know, they're great. We've got, we had a number of great guests from, you know, Corey Loeffler, familiar face and voice around here. Um, Tom Carpenter from Pheasants Forever, he came on and helped us out with the the pheasant one. Chad Love of Quail Forever, he was on as well. So um, some really, really knowledgeable folks. Uh, actually we did another one on Prairie Grouse, uh, Huns, Sharpies, etc. cetera, with um, Tyler Webster and Marissa Jensen. So just like some people that really, really know their stuff. So it was, it was fun to get a chat with them and they were received very well. So if you wanna go back, you know, there's there's the Quail Masterclass hanging out right there. So they're about an hour and a half long, tons of information. I said, su- you know, if you're wanting to learn more, I would suggest checking those out.
0: All right, Ben. Well, good luck the rest of fall. I want to have you back on in December. We're going to be in Alaska. So I'll get some, yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't
4: wait. Have you been to Alaska? I did. I went uh, a couple summers ago, but not for hunting. Oh, you so. went with
0: Corey actually, didn't you? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. That looked like no fun at all. That trip, by the way, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm jealous. That's, I know that he goes up there and gets that salmon. Uh, I've, I've been able to, uh, he's cooked some of that salmon, uh, for me. I'm, I'm going to have to get back up there and do some fishing, but I've had waterfowl hunting in Alaska is number one on my bucket list. And we're going to Kodiak Island here in December and I'm jacked.
4: That should be an awesome time. I've had some coworkers and friends that have done it and yeah that's it's a bucket list trip for a reason
0: they've got they went to kodiak what did they tell you about it
4: How oh, that there were as many ducks as they wanted to shoot yeah
0: <laughs> i know you know like a harlequin has been kind of a bucket list duck for me and you talk to anybody that's gone to alaska or kodiak and and especially the locals up there from what i hear and they say what the they call them rock ducks or whatever they're like yeah they're they're everywhere they're you, you want to shoot one of those? Like (laughs) it's not much of a challenge up there.
4: Yeah, exactly. So especially with those Harleys now, um, I believe that they shut the state of Washington shut hunting down for Harlequin this year. So um, I
0: am pretty sure the only place you can go now is Alaska. You might be right on that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll see. I know some guys went and did the same trip that we're doing last year. And I think they shot 15 different species up there. So I'm just, you know, like the duck hunting, honestly, it's a duck hunting trip, but the duck hunting is just the bonus. I'm just excited for the adventure. It's like three plane rides and we're going to spend two weeks in Alaska. Uh, It's be my first trip to Alaska. So, and I, I'm going to be recording a lot of, I, I bought five hard drives for this trip. Like I I plan on, plan on filming a lot and, uh, you know, uh, probably filming way more than I need to.
4: Well, I'm excited to live vicariously through you
0: yeah well we'll send you lots of pictures all right uh let's talk again in december anyway i know you got some late season uh hunting trips planned and uh we'll talk about some late season uh some tips and if you're planning some trips to go other states when our season's close here where do you where do you go what do you do the hunting season doesn't have to end so we'll talk to you more about how you plan for out-of-state trips coming up in december ben Bredigan on x thanks for the time today on the show Awesome. Have a good fall, everyone. 852 million acres of public land, 147 million private properties, all in the palm of your hand. Ice fishing season is here. This winter, plan a trip to Devils Lake, North Dakota. Not only will you have the chance to catch their legendary perch, but this year, Hay Bale Heights has been catching big walleye after big walleye. And they're doing it from a mobile, comfortable snow bear. No matter how cold it is outside, you're warm and toasty on the inside. Learn more and book a trip today at haybaleheights.com. That's haybaleheights.com. Well, here we are in the middle of hunting season. It's my favorite time of the year. There are still guys catching fish out there. And I, I, every day, uh, Dan and I talk about it. Gosh, we should probably go fishing today. And then we either get too busy with work or, or I go hunting. And it just doesn't work out. But uh, what, what ends up happening for me is I'm going to hunt until ice fishing season is here. And then I'll probably get excited about fishing again. And to talk about ice fishing, Lake of the Woods, uh, Joe Henry from Lake of the Woods Tourism is gonna join us right
1: now. Joe, how you doing? Well, I tell you, we are talking ice fishing, but I will say there are a lot of deer and a lot of big deer up at Lake of the Woods with hundreds of thousands of acres of public land. So I would just say to everybody, if you don't have a real good spot to go deer hunting, there's a, a real good opportunity to start a deer hunting tradition up at Lake of the Woods. You know, Beltrami Island State Forest, Pine Island State Forest, I can go on and on. But when I talk about hundreds of thousands of acres of public hunting land, um, and there's a lot of deer. I mean, you know, it amazes me, Brent, when you drive down the road in the spring, you know, there's a lot of snow. But like the, the plowed fields melt first and you have that patchy snow and then black dirt. When I tell you that I see literally hundreds of deer in each field, I, I'm not. I'm not exaggerating one iota. I mean, there's so many deer up there, and you know, I, I know there there are wolves up there, and there's coyotes and stuff. There's predators, but I think that you're close enough to population. I think and, and agriculture maybe that uh, it's it's not such an imbalance. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think the biggest thing is you've got a lot of ag up there. I mean, you've got big patches of wood and bog. You've got a lot of cover and a lot of habitat there, but then you've got so much ag that it's like big giant food plots for those deer. So there's uh, there's a lot of habitat, a lot of food, and a lot of cover. And yeah, you've got some predators up there, but you've got so much uh, so much habitat and food for them that it uh, that it allows I think for big populations. And of course, you got guys that deer hunt them up there too, and they got a lot of areas that uh that guy's chasing around but yeah there's there's a, you know tons of public land where you can chase them around it gets a little thick up there i went on an adventure up there recently through some of that public land joe and uh i mean there's actually a lot of trails i was actually kind of surprised that there's a lot of walking trails and and i think maybe some atv trails maybe through some of those some of those woods that you can get on and walk for miles on but when you when you head through the middle of it sometimes it gets a little thick
1: Oh, it could be super thick, yeah. And you know, but I mean, that's also where you know a tree stand or uh, or setting up a, a, a ground blind on the edge of that thick stuff is is good. You know, um, what and those trails are what makes the grouse hunting so great. Not only do you oh, have yeah. public land, but then you got you know trails to walk through that thick stuff if you don't like you know being a bushwhacker. And uh, <laughs> yeah. because it is that that stuff is thick. It's thick, thick, thick. But that's also what produces good cover for all the wildlife
0: that's right yeah and uh so a guy could go up there and do some casting blasting and then get ready for early ice and joe it's a unique area up there when it comes to ice fishing just there you know such a big lake so many things that you can do and so many resorts out there and it's good just to be in communication with the people that are up there uh watching that ice every day so you can know what's safe and what's not
1: well tell you it's funny because you know so we're, we're, I mean, you think about it, we're right up on the Canadian border. So we're quite a bit further north. So even like when we have a warm winter, we're still ice fishing in, in, in December. We're still ice fishing into early March. Now, when we have a normal winter, we're ice fishing sometimes the end of November and oftentimes through the whole month of March. You know, we have, uh, you know, not everybody knows, but our walleye season, because we're border water with Canada, our walleye season is extended all the way to April 14th. Our our fish houses don't have to be off the ice until March 31st. So we get a whole extra month plus of ice fishing. And uh, um, I think the other thing that's interesting is now now Mother Nature always dictates, is always safety first. But, you know, as a rule, you get towards that end of November and you're going to get some of the resorts that do spearing for pike. Um, and those back bays and they're going to be you know marking trails out to their their spear houses and then right around i'd like to use the date of about december 10th is when on average give or take when uh, resorts will start getting their day houses out now a day house being a house that you ice fish out of it's heated it's it's a hard-sided house but it doesn't have the big bunk beds and things like that um, and then you know later in the later in the year usually right around christmas is when they start allowing you know different sized vehicles to drive out and such now Always dictated on Mother Nature. It's dictated on wind, how the ice forms. So you could have one resort that's saying, "Hey, we're letting out, you know, snowmobiles and ATVs right now," and you could have open water on another shoreline where there's another resort. So you really have to you know, lean on the the you know resort or uh, the uh, provider of a fish health service for how their trail is and what they're allowing out, because every area of Lake of the Woods is very different.
0: Man, you know, and I, I know a lot of guys like to go up there and do it do it themselves or whatever, but how easy is it just to go up there and, you know, jump in one of those day houses from a resort up there? You don't have to oh. tow a house up. You don't have to tow a snowmobile up, whatever. You can just hop in. You can You can use some of their gear if you want or bring your own fishing gear. Just makes life easier, I think.
1: You know, I, I, I'll tell you, it kind of depends upon the crew you have, too. You know, if, if you're hardcore and you want to go out on sleds and go chasing walleyes, that's one thing. But I'll tell you what, you want to talk about a relaxing, easy vacation. You know, you drive up there. You know you know your fish house is going to be uh, uh, on fish the next day. The holes are drilled. It's heated. Literally, you wake up. you yeah, Either you drive out or they'll take you out to your fish house. It's all. first thing you do is take your jacket off. It's 70 degrees inside. And you fish all day, it's like a living room and, you know, the resorts will check on you throughout the day to make sure everything's going good. And, you know, at the end of the day, again, either you drive yourself back in or they'll pick you up, but it's kind of cool too. You know, they'll most of those resorts will clean your fish for you. And uh, your job is really to go to happy hour or go back to the cabin and enjoy your friends <laughs> and family. I mean, that's kind of how it rolls. Well, then the other thing that's interesting is, you know, if you're staying at a resort, a lot of the resorts that have a, a restaurant... They'll, They'll cook, cook your fish for, yeah. and it, it's for a small fee. They do their, their their catch, but, you know, they use their famous batter. They use their famous tater, uh, tartar sauces. Um, and then, of course, all the fixins. And I'll tell you what, man, you know, a, a good, fresh fish fry of walleye and saugers and maybe a few jumbo perch mixed in, maybe even eel pout, nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah. Nothing at all. And I will bring, you know, like I'll bring my rods and my electronics and I'll bring my jigs or whatever that I want to use, but it is, is nice to jump in a heated house. You know, a lot, you know, a lot of times get transported right to the house for you, especially on, on a lake. like. And for me, that's a six hour drive. So it's not like I'm on that lake every day or fishing it, you know, multiple times throughout the year. Usually it's one or two trips up there each year. And it's just nice for me to jump in a in what, a house that's ready to go.
1: Well, hard-sided house too. You know, if, if it's yeah. a, 40 mile an hour wind it sure is nice being in a hard sided house you know yeah it, it just it makes life so darn easy and and, I, and, I've been, too, and I've been and I've been on
0: Lake of the Woods for that when it's been blowing like that in the winter well, and you go outside and it's like the frozen tundra
1: you can't see anything and you go inside and you're in a t-shirt cuz it's 75 degrees well, I'll tell you what, it's also nice it's where it's nice to lean on the resorts. You know, if uh, if there's really, like if there's a blizzard coming in or something, they're going to pull you off the ice early. They're going to lead you off, and I've been let off in a caravan before, but they got your back, and that's the bottom line. You know what, uh, uh, I'll tell you the other thing that's kind of enabled going up there. You know, there's that local ta- uh, tackle company up there, uh, Tom's Tackle, and they make ice fishing gear specific to Lake of the Woods and that stained water. And, you know, just – Seeing the variety of lures you have when you go to the different bait shops or the different resorts um, that you don't have everywhere. Have you noticed that?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, well, and when it's somebody local making the tackle, they're making stuff that works <laughs> on the, their local lake. So he's making stuff specifically for Lake of the Woods up there.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and there's some summer tackle there, but I mean, the ice fishing stuff they do is, you know, things you may have heard of, like the stop sign. Uh, the stop sport. sign. Oh yeah. Yep. And how about how about the pink charmer? You know, I mean, those are all very, very. Uh, the, 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 no, those are names associated with Lake of the Woods, but they're coming from that small tackle company. Hey, don't get me wrong. The other tackle. The other tackle, I use all the tackle, you know, the I won't go on and on because I'll miss one, but I use it all and it all works up there. But they, they use some things specifically, you know, with rattles, with shapes, with colors that are very specific to that stained water. And sometimes that's a, a nice little edge. Well,
0: I, I remember one of the first trips I took up there, somebody was catching all the walleyes on a stop sign. And I'd never heard of a stop sign before. I was like, what? I don't know yeah. what this is. So I remember the next year, I think on my way up, when we, I think we stopped in Greenbush. That's where I started my search for the stop sign. And every every place we went along the way, I stopped and looked for
1: for one of those stop signs. And I finally got one and caught fish on it up there. Well, it's interesting, you know, so just, and again, this isn't, but, but this small, small local company just kind of unique because they have a huge trailer. What they do is they, they drive around and keep the local area down to Red Lake and, and kind of a, but they keep that the local bait shops within a certain geographic area kind of stocked with tackle. Um, it's interesting. You can order online too. And that's the one way to get it. If you are from, from uh, out of the area, you don't make it up to the area very, very often. Uh, but it's, they got some pretty good things and, you know, uh, uh, another thing I really enjoy using up there is uh, I've, I've it's one of my main go-to's now is a uh, a rip and wrap a Rappler rip and wrap and mm. you know that's that uh, lipless crankbait that has rattles in it and it's. It, you know, it's, it's shiny. When you pull it up, it's got vibration. It's got the rattles. You know, when you're talking about stained water, if those fish are active, they're going to come up and smoke that thing. Now, if they're not active, you're ripping that lure under that ice. And that's pulling fish in. Even if they're in a neutral mode, well, even if they come in and just look at it or get attracted to it, well, now they're attracted to your dead sticks with your live minnow. And they might sit and watch your live minnow and, and your bobber goes down. But that fish potentially wouldn't have been there if you wouldn't have... You know, we've been using a rip and wrap and pulled it in. So there's some different techniques and and uh, and, and there you're showing, you're showing a, a in this case, a live target. But those lipless crankbaits are very effective uh, under the ice. Again, even if they're not whacking them, a lot of times you're drawing fish in. It's nice if one person in the house can at least try one to see if it's making a difference.
0: Well, what's going on on the rainy right now? Are people finding fish?
1: They are finding fish. Yeah. Yep. And you know, this is that notoriously, this is that the week before deer hunting and even the week during and after deer hunting, when everybody's in the woods, there's always some really big walleyes caught and you know, uh, um, they've been catching them up and down the river, but I'll tell you around Bidette right now, there's a lot of walleyes, a lot of nice walleyes. I mean, that's, I, I can't tell you how many uh, pictures I've seen with the International Bridge in the background and people hold up nice walleyes. And so that whole stretch, you know, and but but I also know they're getting them all the way up to Birchdale. And I know they're getting them down at, uh, you know, where the resorts are at the uh, Wheatler's Point area. But uh, it, it, there's still fishing to be had there. And, you know, I know for a fact most people are going to be in the woods and they're looking towards ice fishing at this point. But I will tell you that uh, there, there's going to be some big fish caught between now and, and ice up uh, probably in gosh, mid to late November, I'm I'm guessing, probably late November for the river.
0: Well, if people wanna learn more about making a fall trip to the rainy or thinking about early ice at Lake of the Woods, what should they do, Joe?
1: You know what best uh, best source of info is our website and that is lake of the woods M-N.com. come
2: ice fish the famous waters of minnesota's lake of the woods the walleye capital of the world experience full service resorts featuring heated fish houses ice transportation meal plans and sleeper house options from the northwest angle to the south shore rainy river and Baudette, the midwest number one ice fishing destination Walleye, Sauger, Perch, and Northern Pike, Minnesota's Lake of the Woods, best fishing anywhere. For more information, log on to LakeoftheWoodsMN.com.
0: All right, so a couple of months ago, we were doing this show. Uh, Dan and I we were in a boat and we were recording this podcast. We were in the boat with Randon Olson from Lockjaw Guide Service and Dan muskie. And we're going to try to get interrupted by a muskie once again. Randon Olson joins us here on the show from the lake. He's in the boat. And first of all, we just got to say one thing, Randon. How many muskies have you caught this fall?
2: Uh, we're at 53 in the last uh, basically a little over a month.
0: 53.
2: 54, That's got, I'm sorry. 54. You just let one go.
0: 54. Yeah, 54th today. I mean, is that – have you – is that? I mean, that sounds like an absurd number to me. Is that's got to be the best you've ever, best fall you've ever had? Last
2: fall we had seventy six, but I started a little bit earlier and I made it to Thanksgiving.
0: Okay, wow, seventy six is pretty good too. All right, that also seems like an absurd number. So you're in the boat. You just you just released one. Is that right? Yeah, about yeah maybe forty five minutes ago we just let a forty eight incher go. Oh, that's um, cool. Neat,
2: neat story. The the little tangles on his hoodie got caught in the reel so it was kind of a fiasco getting it into the net but we got it (laughs) because you got clients
0: in the boat right now right nope nope all right have they done any musky fit can we interview them are they okay with being on the show are you guys okay with it absolutely all right what's your names virginia virginia and who who are you with there? Virginia. Doug. I'm not a good man. <laughs> All right. Virginian Doug. All right. So this is your first? Is that your first muskie? Who caught the who caught the last one there?
2: It was a team
0: effort. Team effort. And that muskie fishing usually is and uh, Randon does a good job of getting you on those fish and then you got to fight it. So, who it was your hoodie Doug that got caught in the in the reel?
2: This thing almost lost
0: me a fish. (laughs) That's awesome. Where are you guys from? Perm. Perm. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. Good luck the rest of the day. Hopefully, we get interrupted in this podcast by one of you guys uh, putting another muskie in the boat right there. Uh, Randon, so 70-some muskies last year, 50-some muskies this year. Do you think you'll break last year's number?
2: I don't know. I only got about a week or so left here unless some more people call, I guess, and the weather gets nice. But I think we've had more big fish this year, so it might end up being about a wash.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't care what you're talking about. Anytime you get over a 40-inch fish, that's a nice fish. But everybody wants a 50-inch muskie, and while you've had a lot of mid-40s and upper 40s, you did get into some 50s recently, didn't you?
2: Yeah, we've had five of them in the boat now. Uh, Biggest is 51, so we're hoping to beat that today. But um, we'll see what happens. The the lakes have been really good. The casting bite's been terrible, but the sucker bite's been really good.
0: Is that pretty typical this time of year? Yeah, um, you know, the little warm spells like
2: today, you got to be casting because those fish will pull up shallow on you. Um, We've had a couple follows today chasing back, and then they go look at the suckers. But um, this time of year, that water gets to be... Mid forties and lower, they really want a big chunk of meat down there.
0: So you'll you'll guide muskies for another week or so, and then when you're done guiding, will you just go out and fish for them, or do you start changing changing gears a little bit?
2: Oh, if the water's open, I'm going after them, man. I ain't gonna (laughs) nobody's got a chance.
0: That's right. When do you and you guide ice fishing too? So when do you think you'll be getting out there on the ice? Well, generally that week or two before
2: th- uh, Christmas, we're getting the houses out and getting everything set in place and ready to rock and roll. So um, we're already booked up for New Year's this year, but we got some openings after that for the ice castles.
0: Do you mainly target uh, walleye with that or do you do you chase uh, panfish too?
2: Oh, we do anything we can get after. If you want to chase pike, we can put them on pike. We can do, mostly, I would say, we we'll probably concentrate more on the walleyes and the panfish. But uh, we'll kind of chase anything. Well,
0: let's get back to fishing right now. Uh, I know you're you're fishing for muskies, uh, but what are conditions like? Like, what are water temps like right now? What are you seeing out there?
2: we've been basically sitting at about 47, 48 degrees for about the last week, week and a half. Um, ever since that cold snap came in, we dropped fast and now we've just kind of leveled out. So, um, it's kind of generic fishing this time of year. You're looking for those weed beds that kind of meet up to, to hard bottom spots. Like if you can find a rock pile off the tip of the point with a weed point sitting out, um, there's going to be fish there. Um, and the other real easy thing this time of year is if you find bait fish, you'll find a muskie. Um, just just keep going over them timing is everything right now Um, the feeding windows are short but they're intense so uh, three days ago we caught four muskies and they were basically one and two you know one and two right away and then we went about two hours with nothing and then we caught two again right away again so short and intense feeding windows you just you got to be in a spot with multiple fish on it and be ready to go when they're going
0: how are they relating to uh, majors and minors
2: so about a week and a half ago they flipped the switch on me and they're going nothing but majors and minors so the in-between times are pretty dead um you're seeing fish they're just not quite ready to rock and then you hit a major or minor and they're going nuts so be on your best spots during those majors and minors
0: if you were going to go walleye fishing tomorrow what would you do
2: I went walleye fishing yesterday and zeroed, so I don't know what I'd do. Or whatever.
0: <laughs> well, that happens sometimes, even to the even to the guides. That's right. All right. Well, uh, uh, I'd probably focus on those
2: deeper stretches of shoreline. Um, same kind of thing. If you can find bait, you're going to find some fish, um, and just slow down. You know, I think people want to get a little fast this time of year. You just really got to slow down.
0: Oh, you're not you're not trolling at four miles an hour <laughs> this time of year, Randon? No,
2: not this time of year. We're cutting it back. Maybe three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gosh. Can you wa- do you have people water ski while you're trolling for walleyes ever? Or,
2: uh... We might have to try that next year. Get the kneeboard <laughs> the water ski.
0: Man. All right. Well, we'll let you get back to your clients there. Uh, have you marked any fish since we've been on, on the show?
2: I have Not. We're, we're getting we're still probably 50 yards away from the we had a little three pack in here earlier today and i'm i'm hoping they'd get there in time but i don't right, know we'll, where I'm at.
0: well we'll talk real slow for yeah, the next keep week. going make small talk 50 yards because we got to hit that we got to keep you on here while you're going to that that spot <laughs> do you maybe have uh maybe have doug tuck his uh his hoodie strings inside his hoodie Already did. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: Have you? Well, I was trying to net that fish, and I'm like, "Real, real, pull it, pull it in." And couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting any closer until I got it in the net and looked back, and the handles are all messed up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> was the rod in one piece at least?
2: the Rod was in one piece, so that that helped tremendously.
0: <laughs> did you tell them that I broke a rod? Oh, yeah. Set the hook like you're going to break the rod. Okay. <laughs> Snap! Didn't it like you're gonna break the rod nut. Oh, <laughs> oh, you didn't want me to actually break it. My bad. <laughs> Sorry about that. So you put the one in the boat today. Have you have you been seeing a lot of fish?
2: Yeah, we're about. What are we at today? I don't know, nine or ten fish we've seen.
0: Something like that.
2: Yeah. Um, they've been fairly active. We just haven't. We just got that one to commit so far. That's it. So but all big fish too. Yeah, we haven't seen any real small ones. They've all been pretty dang big. So. We're hoping to burn through what I got left in the, in the live well here for bait.
0: Are you keeping an eye on your prop?
2: Uh, the one we caught came up to look at the prop. <laughs> <laughs> um, we actually, we seen it back there in the live scope. We reeled a sucker up. It kind of moved on a little bit, ate it. We got all set up, just about to set the hook, and it spit it out. And then we uh, doubled back, and he ate it again. And Oh, wow. That was, that was the the big mistake he made that time.
0: I love cooperative fish. What are the suckers
2: named today? No, uh, What was that one named? Consuela. Consuela. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right.
3: What,
0: what did, what name did we have? Gary, Gary, Gary and
3: Larry? Gary, Larry, Larry, Larry for left or something. Consuela. We
0: need to be more hmm. creative in our,
3: well, I don't know. We caught fish. We did catch fish. That's very true.
0: Hmm. Uh, all right. So do you, do you, I know you make a lot of your own lures, Randon, you need to make some sort of, uh, uh, what's the name of the, the, uh, the one with the musket ball. Oh, uh, Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. Yeah. You need to make some form of Tinkerbell that hangs off your prop. <laughs> <laughs> Something that's got a little more attractant to it. What? Bring all the fish in. I got a little
2: six-inch sucker hanging right by the prop now. I learned my lesson. <laughs> just
0: hang them right off the back of the boat. That's like, it's prop wash, right? It's kind of like fishing in the prop wash. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. How close to the spot are we, Randon? Uh, we're just about there. All right. The anticipation is killing all of our listeners right now. All right, um, Randy Olson, Lockjaw Guide Services with us right now. He, you saw three fish in this spot earlier?
2: Yep, yep, we had uh, the one followed for, I don't know what it was, 20 minutes or so. Um, just wouldn't quite commit, so we're right in our minor right now, 326 is moonrise, so we're about, I don't know, 10 minutes away from that happening. and. Ready, we're ready for them.
0: That was my next question is where we we're at for majors and minors. We're in a minor right now. And to set the scene, if for those of you just tuning in, you're you have two suckers behind the boat. Yep. And tell tell us how you rigged those up.
2: Kind of see one of the bowers. I'm terrible at the cameraman, man.
0: <laughs> there it is. There they are. So uh, you've got
2: It's a quick strike rig. Um, I got a second rod here, so it's just a nose clip, and then with two leads going down to the hooks right there. So um, I do my rigs a little different. Are you laughing at my camera work? (laughs) It's like driving. It's like the opposite of driving a tiller. I'm trying to go the other way with it (laughs) all.
0: And then so then you got that on a bobber and it's almost like a it's like a slip bobber, basically, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I like to run slip bobbers. Um, big reason I like bobbers is when I troll back up on that fish, I can see that bobber. You know, that bobber's at least whatever I set it at, eight, ten feet above that fish. That way I kind of know how much lines out and I kind of got an idea where that fish is going, what direction he's heading um, and make sure I get the best possible angle on him to set the hook.
0: All right, I'm just waiting for one of the bobber. one of the bobbers? There. <laughs> yeah,
3: I don't
0: know. Oh, All right, well, I don't know if anything
2: will strike twice or not, but it'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Well, people can go back and watch our show from uh, October. We when were we out there? October,
3: right after dark opener. So it probably aired September. I don't know what day was early. dark opener. I don't September twenty fifth. Either that the last or... week. I don't remember. It's show like five twenty five or 526. It, it's titled Musky fishing on air. You can find it on uh sporting journal radio.com or our YouTube channel, like subscribe, share and comment, please
0: check it out on YouTube, sporting journal radio and watch us catch a, catch a muskie on the podcast.
3: We have a full video of that coming whenever I have time. <laughs> At some point. That's right. It's coming. I promise.
2: I did want to tell you, uh, Mr. Underbite. We've gotten him about, well, it's, Six times now this year. So three times that week, you guys were up.
3: Three more times since then. I'd like to do a study on that fish's brain. Oh, uh, it's very like, small. Well, either that or it's just ginormous because it knows it gets a nice Premium sucker every time and released. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We caught. It, he was. It was so funny because I ended up setting the hook on this fish and fought this fish and brought it in. And as soon as it got in the net, Randon knew. What, was, what are they 40 47 and three quarters how big is he yep nope. 47 he, it immediately he goes 47 and three quarters now i know when you fished long enough for a certain species you can eyeball and pretty much get it pretty close to a measurement except especially somebody like you ran that's in the boat every day catching these fish every day i'm like well that's that's pretty good like but man so the three quarter part is what threw me off i'm like 47 and three quarter like you'd say oh it's a 47 or that's a 48 or whatever 47 and three quarter and you knew it because it was underbite and you could tell because that a, a pretty significant underbite with his jaw and you had caught that fish the day before that's crazy
2: <laughs> yeah he's uh he's added some weight he's probably about 10 12 pounds heavier now than he was when we got him
0: holy smokes jeez, and that's yeah. so, because he keeps eating sweet. all your suckers <laughs> <laughs> that's why six
2: times
3: a this picture, year six t- picture
0: of
2: scotty Blue that you showed that was him again that oh it was was. a week
0: oh yep oh yeah oh, look,
3: look at that it doesn't even look like the same fish at all unless you pick up on that that mouth holy smokes fatty
0: i thought that was scott in that picture right there when did you fish when did you get a chance did you fish with him and kyle or did uh, just scott come out or
2: that uh, was Scotty and Adam and Adam took the first shot and it ended up being a northern so he wasted his turn
0: <laughs> was it a good northern at least
2: no I think it was a 34 or 35 inch so it was okay. a nice one but
0: nice that's a that's a good fish right there man I can't believe how much heavier he is that's insane yeah. so six times this year that you've caught him but you had caught him like 14 times by the time that that we caught him when I was with you. So he's, he's got to be up to close to, close to 20 catches.
2: Yeah, he's right in there. And uh kind of interesting story. A guy had reached out after I posted Scotty's picture and asked me, I said, is that underbite? And I didn't know anybody else knew that fish, but he said he caught him three times this summer alone. So,
0: (laughs) Well, tell me that catch and release doesn't work, right? That's right man that's amazing we sh- we should just do a prairie sportsman episode just about underbite <laughs> just to see you put it out there to see how many people have caught that fish man that's pretty cool all right well randon we'll let you get back with your clients there uh good luck to you guys in the boat today lockjaw guide service uh randon olson thanks for the time today on the show
2: Thank you, guys. I'll make sure and send you some pictures if we get one here two minutes after we hang up. That's probably what will happen. <laughs> Call back exactly,
3: in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, Randon, Thanks a lot. Thank you, gentlemen. Sporting Journal Radio is a division of Macaba LLC. If you've got a question, comment, or story idea for us, send us an email. Go to sportingjournalradio.com. While you're there, you can learn how to advertise on the show and visit our store for hats, hoodies, coffee, mugs, and more. Go to sportingjournalradio.com.